The Intelligentsia Report has been brought to you by The Intelligentsia Agency, Inc., an invitation-only professional speakers and consultants agency located in the business district of Tyson's Corner, Virginia. We invite you to learn more about The Intelligentsia Agency, Inc. by visiting www.theintelligentsia.co or calling us toll-free at one 777 7993. So, welcome to another exciting segment of the Intelligentsia Report. Our guest for this week's episode has been speaking internationally for over 30 years and is a leading authority on authentic leadership. He has been cited not once, but twice as one of Inc. Magazine's top 100 leadership speakers. He is also cited in the Meeting and Event Professionals Guide to the Top 100 Motivational Speakers and named as one of the top 30 global leadership gurus. Outside of his speaking and training, our special guest works with multidisciplinary leaders and executive teams to build the bonds that create organizational cultures that become fiercely loyal. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Dove Barron. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Ple- pleasure to be here. <laughs> Honored to be here to serve. Bianca, that was a rocking introduction. That was a rocking introduction <laughs> indeed. I'm feeling pretty like, you know, I want to meet this guy. He sounds impressive. Fantastic. Dove, we are so um, excited, genuinely, to speak with you and to get into your mind and your persona. Yes, we are recording a live podcast for our listeners, um, but Dove is actually one of our leading speakers on our roster, and we just are genuinely floored by his wisdom and his insight. And I don't say that lightly, people. There's a book that Dove has written called, Don't Read This, Your ego won't like it. And let me tell you, (laughs) that book, seriously, because Bianca and I are avid readers. We love to read whether we're we're reading for work or not. But that book is so deep that I personally was just overtaken and overwhelmed and personally challenged by that book. That book is a thinker's book. So (laughs) we're absolutely uh, excited for this interview. We're going to gobble dove all up and we're going to share him with you guys uh we normally actually ask every speaker that comes on the show the same set of questions we're going to go off book a little bit today just a tiny bit with dove because we really want to get to know him so on that note (laughs) are you ready dove (laughs) you can go as off book as you like (laughs) awesome awesome i guess our first question uh, before we dive into more academic and intellectual questions, would you mind sharing with us and the listening audience just a little bit about yourself, your background, where you're from, and how you got into the business that you're in? That might be difficult in a short period of time, but I'll do my best. I, I live in Canada. However, I was born in the UK and uh, made the decision to leave there when I was 14 years old and did leave at 21 and traveled the world to study with different masters and teachers from around the world. I ended up living in France and Italy and then in East Coast Canada for a year. And then I was in Asia and Indonesia 
and lived in Australia for many years before I moved over to West Coast Canada. I started speaking in 1984. Yes, I am that old. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I've had uh, several brushes with death. Um, I've written several books, as you mentioned. Uh, I think it's like eight or nine or ten or somewhere around that now. I'm mm -hmm, also the mm -hmm. founder of Full Monty Leadership, and I have a podcast that is the top the number one podcast in the world for Fortune 500 listeners. We've been going for about 10 years and we're almost a million downloads a month. So that's kind of the, the, uh, the big overview. And aside from that, the good stuff is I am married to the woman of my dreams. I am delicious mm. in love with. Oh, that is so lovely. He gets extra cool points for that. That's just awesome. So let's see. You know what I'd really like to know about you, seriously, before I get into the other questions, I guess personal of a question. We can totally skip it if you like. I would like to know what your name means. What does dove mean? And the reason that I ask that is because I have a little secret, you guys. I think a lot. <laughs> really? I think a lot and I observe a lot. And I, I think it's extremely coincidental, and I don't really believe in coincidences, that your name is Dove and your content is what it is. Mm. What does your name mean? That's a great question. And uh, by the way, uh, that's anything but too personal. I've not come across too personal yet in an interview. So you can ask me anything you want. You have my full permission to go full Monty. Um, so my name Dove, if you think about the name Jonathan, people, somebody with the name Jonathan could also be called John. However, John and Jonathan are separate names. So Dove is short for Dovid, which means anointed of God. It's a biblical name. King David in the Bible's name was not King David. In Hebrew, his name was King Dovid. Uh, Dovid means anointed of God. That's way too much pressure. No, thank you. Um, but dove, <laughs> dove means bear, as in um, cuddly teddy bear, grizzly bear, brown bear, black bear. That's what it means. Mm -hmm. It means bear. So I am bear, and uh, that is uh, one of my wife's lovely ways to call me, and that's uh, something that is very endearing to me. <laughs> that is lovely. That is totally brilliant, and there you have it, folks. That explains quite, quite a bit. As you know, there is something to be said for metaphysics. And I was um, a philosophy major for some time, um, in addition to being a bioethics minor. And I've always been very interested in things that some people might consider to be metaphysical and without, you know, without veering off that deep end. Uh, when I talk about metaphysics, I'm talking about things that could be inclusive of quite a, quite a lot, anything from string theory uh, to more, more quantum physics type of subject matter that you talk on. And mm -hmm. I've always had this theory that people become their name, that if you call something or someone a certain name, they will become that. Well, and in the so beginning, there it, was, in the, beginning there was the word. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's in actually, but, and just for people who don't know, because of my background in 
metaphysical studies and, and traveling to study with different teachers around that. Um, so I've studied a lot of different religious philosophies and in every religious philosophy there is this, there is literature on the beginning there was light and there was the word and what I says to to me and you know again a little bit off topic but just a, I, I want to give this as a little gift to people is be careful of your word and what do I mean by that if you think about you know, we're off on a philosophical bent for a moment but if you just think about all those great biblical stories and there's this particular story of where um, Moses um, gets to the top of the of Mount Sinai and when he gets to the top he meets the burning bush and which is the representation of God and he says to God who are you and God responds with I am the I am and I want you to think about that for a moment because every time you say I am you evoke the divine force of the universe inside of you. So when you say, mm -hmm. I am a loser, that is what you're making manifest. You're using the divine power within you to make you a loser. If you're saying, I am love, I am kindness, I am generosity, I am a leader, I am a, I am a lover, I am generosity, I am, think of all those wonderful things. I am purpose-driven, I am caring, Every time you insert the I am, you evoke the divine essence. Now, whether that's I, true or not, you can mm -hmm. argue about and, and really doesn't matter. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. what if mm -hmm. it's true? What if you're invoking something magnificent, something divine within yourself? Then at least you would give you caution around how you speak to yourself. I 100% agree with you. Um, and I do believe that we are divine beings. Absolutely. Uh, so <laughs> now for more, I guess, academic and intellectual questions, because this show could easily, easily get out of hand with the kind of questions uh, we have and with the depth of person uh, that Dub is. So our next question is, just briefly, what is it that you do in your work? My work is split up into different segments. Um, so obviously I speak, um, hence the Intelligentsia Bureau. So I speak, um, I facilitate, as in I train uh, our own IP. So we deliver our own programs. And uh, I work one-on-one -on -one with high-level individuals who range from CEOs to C-suite to entrepreneurs to athletes to entertainment people so people who are in the upper echelon of, of success in their life um, I work with them too so that's what I those are the three categories of what I do what I do with each of them is actually completely and totally related and that is finding your purpose and living your life and leading from a place of purpose so you create a purpose-driven leader who creates a purpose-driven organization that builds a purpose-driven culture that makes a difference on the planet. Fantastic. Uh, let's see. And can you tell the listeners and us just a little bit about what you love about the work that you do? And do you, in fact, think uh, that it's necessary for someone to love their work? Um, is it even necessary just to take it down a notch to find meaning in one's work? Um, so 
is it necessary to love what you do? No, people, people go to work every day doing things they don't love. Um, is it necessary from a point of view of making a buck? No, lots of people do work they hate. I know I've met them. I've met many very, very wealthy people who do work they absolutely hate, but they make a ton of money at it. And the reason they do it is because they want a lifestyle or they want the esteem or the status that goes along with that. Okay, great. I'm not here to judge that. That's your choice. That's fine. Um, I think loving something is, is nice. It's great. I want to be doing things that I love, but there are, but life is like this. And, and what it means is that there is a grind that you pay for the cream. So there are things you're going to have to do in order to get to the things that you want to do or you want to have. So how are you going to get through the grind? How are you going to find a way to get through that grind, that toughness, the things that you struggle with? So people say to me, oh, you know, you have such a glamorous life. You fly here and you fly there. And I go, listen, there's nothing mm -hmm. glamorous about standing in an airport lineup. There's nothing glamorous mm -hmm. about being on a packed flight. There's nothing glamorous about having to be not in your own bed or not kiss your own beloved goodnight. I mean, there's all kinds of non-glamorous things about it. And, and you may see that I'm getting a big, paycheck for an hour but i've never been paid a big paycheck for an hour i get paid a big paycheck for 30 odd years of experience i get a big paycheck because of all the prep and the hours and work that goes into that the thing that makes mm -hmm. all that possible is purpose it's more important than love it's purpose it's the reason mm -hmm. i am here Wait, on yeah. the planet knowing mm -hmm. that about yourself that is what will get you through the grind that is what will allow you to have that kind of impact that you want to have as a leader in your own life, whether that's in your family or whether that's in your business. Because here's, I just want to have you grasp this for a moment. What purpose is, when you're living a life on purpose, when your work is on purpose, that's about having impact, positive impact on the lives of people who may never know your name and whose name you may never know. What does that mean? It means you're going to impact people for generations. And that's why you go mm -hmm. through the slug. That's why you're willing to go through the grind. Because there's something so vital, so impassioned within you, something so big that you have to share, that's so important that you can get out of bed when you feel like hell. You can, you can go to bed late and get up early. You can go through the struggles. Should you do that every single day? No, of course not. You mm -hmm. gotta find a better way to do it, but you gotta you gotta know what's gonna get you through that, and that's the fuel of your purpose. Love it, absolutely love it. Bianca, did you want to jump in here and ask a few questions? Well, Doug, I've been reading your book for the last few days, fiercely loyal: how high-performing companies develop and retain top talent. And I will say that it has completely changed the way I look at leadership. And I'm not going to give any spoiler alerts because this is obviously a must read for everyone who's in business, wants to be in business. But I just wanted to ask, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what you mean when you say there is a leadership crisis in America and how important it is to build leaders rather than taking on an employee that works for you but may not actually be in tune with you? Yeah. That's a, thank you, Bianca. That's a great question. So the crisis that we're facing today um, on the surface level is that companies and corporations are finding it very difficult to, to a find top talent. And then when they find them to keep them, 
I was having this discussion with the leader just a couple of days ago about how he, you know, the starting, he's bringing people on and they're starting at 150K. And he goes, you know, that's really great money. Why, you know, why can't we get people? And, wh and when we do, why the heck don't they stay? And I said, because here's the thing. First of all, you have to realize that more than 50% of the workforce in two years, 2020, as we record this, by 2020, more than 50% of the workforce will be millennial. When we talk about millennials, let's just be clear here. People, when I say that word, often people will think of an 18, 19, 20-year-old person. But the truth is the oldest of the millennials are 38 years old as we record this in 2018. They are not kids. They are in leadership positions. They've risen through the ranks. They've paid their dues. And they have a very different value system than Gen Xers or baby boomers who came before them. And they will have a different value system than Gen Z, Gen Z, who are coming up now who are already 18 years old. Millennials, the number one priority for them is meaningful work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the question sure. that, we've all, we, that we all will battle with at some point in time in our life is who am I and why am I here? That's man's search for meaning. That is inevitable. We will all get there. The difference is, and this is one of the reasons I absolutely love millennials, is they're willing to struggle with that question at 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, 25, 30. They're not willing to wait until they're on the brink of retirement and having a midlife crisis. Exactly. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So mm -hmm. they're working mm -hmm. for you and they go, what is the meaning of this? Why does this matter? If your company doesn't have a rock solid purpose and is not led by leaders who are all purpose driven, whether that's at the managerial level or whether that's a CEO level, if they don't have leaders who are also purpose driven, they say this place doesn't have meaning. And you can buy as many ping pong balls and cappuccino machines and bean bags as you want, but they won't stick around. Mm -hmm. When I entered the workforce, I was asked, what do you want to do? That was a 20 to 40 year question. Millennials are in a career, not a job, a career for four years. They're in a job mm -hmm. for 1.2 to 1.5 years, and you're investing in their training and development. You better get them to stick, or else you're going to find yourself going bankrupt very fast, even though you may be in the Fortune 500 today. Right. Fantastic. That's great info. And uh, I have another quick question, just to kind of, well, it's more of a question and a comment. Sure. But when you Speak about how important it is. I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say everyone, not just millennials, to be able to find meaning and purpose in their work that aligns with what we were discussing earlier about the divine aspect of yourself and being mm. able to feel comfortable in what you're doing and making a difference. When you talk about that, and this is segueing into the question, what is it in you? if you know, and if you're willing to share this with the audience, that has allowed you to tap into what could be called the divine aspect of yourself to become as successful and optimized as you have. And are you actually able to acknowledge or agree that you are a version of a human being that is optimized? Like, do you walk your talk, so to speak? Uh, so which, which one of those six questions would you let me answer first? <laughs> <laughs> Take the floor. Take the floor. <laughs> okay, thank you. So first of all, I don't believe I'm optimized because I don't think there's any such thing. I think mm. that the moment you think you're there, you're dead in the water. Mm. 
So yeah. I'm growing, I'm changing, I'm developing, and that is a constant process. It's something I work on every single day. I am not perfect. I'm far from it. Um, it's one of the things that I speak a lot about from the platform. I spoke a lot about it in the book you just mentioned, Fiercely Loyal, is if you want to be a great leader, one of the first things you'll need to do is embrace vulnerability. The thing we were trained away from is actually your most pow powerful thing as a leader. And mm -hmm. I... You know, I deal with struggles just like anybody and everybody else. My commitment is to live my life on purpose. And what that means is that that is a great time discipline. It's, it's, it's the willingness to say this is that important to me. And it's more important than the anxiety that I'm feeling in any given moment. And yes, I deal with anxiety. Yes, I've battled with depression. I am a human being. I've gone through all those things. So... It's when I, by knowing my purpose, it's what keeps me going. It's, that is the driving force. It's understanding that and tapping back into that when it feels too difficult, when it feels too hard. So here's the thing, and I want everybody to grasp this. Number one, you've got to know your purpose, and you can't do that on your own. Please understand this. I, I know you'd like to think you can do it on your own, and you know, maybe you want to be the lone ranger and you want to be the lone re leader, but that's dead in the water. That's old school. It doesn't work. It never did work. Uh, the self-made man, the self-made woman is absolutely full mm -hmm. of rose, rose uh, fertilizer. You know what that is. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's just nonsense. It's not true. Every one of us needs support. We need a team. We need a board of advisors. We need great mentors, great coaches. I work with the best of the best. And the reason they work with me is because they understand to be the best of the best, they have to keep growing. So that's number one. Number two is in, in that process, you have to develop self-knowledge. Self-knowledge is, oh, well, I know I'm an ass, so I guess I have self-knowledge. No, self-knowledge is I see my strengths. I see my weaknesses. I want mm -hmm. to polish my strengths and make them more powerful in the world. But I'm willing to look at my own shadow. I'm willing to look into that dark cave of who, who I'm afraid to look at and embrace that so that I can become magnificent and I can see my own shadow self. And everybody has one. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is all light. We're all, we all are our own shadows. So that's the next thing. That leads you to the third level of, of development. And the third level of development is this, that leadership is influenced by relationship. You must become a master of relationships. What does that mean? That also means you must become a master of conflict. And most of us are terrified of conflict and we run away from it. By embracing conflict, now I'm not talking about punching people in the head, I'm talking about healthy conflict. By learning how to have healthy conflict with people, you grow and develop and you create a great bond with the people you're around. So you build your relationships, you've got to know how to build those relationships because leadership is, is relationship and, and that is what creates the impact. You've got to know your purpose. You've got to be committed to that purpose and you've got to have ongoing self-knowledge. I've got clients I've worked with for 10 years and one was in my office the other day and he said, oh my, I can't believe I didn't know this. Why didn't you tell me this? We've worked together for almost 10 years. And I said, because you can only receive what you receive when you're ready to receive it. My job is to make sure that you're constantly ready to receive it because the law of physics and the law of psychology that matches is this. You travel at the speed of resistance, whether that's on your internal journey or your external journey. 
Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm taking notes. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. And Dev, I have one last question since I know we're getting close to the end of our time, but what song or quote or philosophy inspires you on a day-to-day? -day? I know we kind of touched on this a little bit, but... Um, song, quote, or philosophy? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so um, there are uh, way too many songs for me to, to, to say because I'm a music freak. I love music. Um, but um, uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for. You uh, 2 is a great song. Um, but um, the, uh, I'm trying to remember, the, 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 there's a song from, a, uh, from an opera uh, that is uh, translated into English is the impossible dream. Um, to dream the impossible dream, to fight the impossible, fo uh, the unfightable foe, uh, the unbeatable foe. It's a magnificent song, and the lyric is superb. Um, philosophy for me is it's the depth of my being. So there are many philosophies. There is now, you know, my philosophy, which has come out of as an evolution of all of the others that I've been part of. Um, but at the simplest level, I would put it down to uh, the philosophy of the heroic journey that every one of us is on a heroic journey. And on that journey, we can sit down, we can stall, we can stop, or we can travel that journey. And when you're on that heroic journey, you must battle your own demons. You must face the dragons in order to embrace your magnificence, in order to bring your gifts to the world. If you enter into the heroic journey and you stop, you never get to bring the world what it needs. If you give up, you never get to bring the world what it needs. My question that comes out of that philosophy is this. What, what wrong are you here to right? You were born mm. to make something right, to fix something, to make it better in the world. Ask yourself mm. that question and you'll begin to have an understanding of your purpose. So that's the philosophy that drives me every single day. Mm. That is so powerful. Oh my goodness, so powerful. Um, if if I can squeeze in one, can I squeeze in one more question? Can, certainly for me, you can. <laughs> okay. I would like to get your opinion on the state of the nation, the United States, even though mm -hmm. you're not a citizen, <clears throat> and the state of the world at large. Oh, the can of worms has opened. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> what I will tell you is this, um, as you know, uh, because you and I have had some conversations about this, Candice, I am very politically aware and have been since I was a little boy, and that's been part of my drivers, um, because I want to make a better world. Um, I will tell you, first on, at a sort of high level, that people need to be paying attention and get outside of their bubble. I'm not talking about the, the right bubble or the left bubble. I'm talking about the personal bubble. Facebook, which most of us spend way too much time on, including me, um, mm -hmm. and those mm -hmm. kinds of social media things feed you what it is you believe. And if you live in a world where the only thing you're fed is what you believe, you do not grow, you do not participate, you do not really know how to have an intelligent conversation. Mm 
So if you mm -hmm. are Republican and all you watch is Republican TV, if you're a liberal and all you watch is liberal TV, you're dead in the water. If you're a Christian and you've never been to a mosque or, or, or mm -hmm. um, a synagogue or, or, or a Gudwara or one of those places, then you're lost. Expand mm -hmm. yourself, expand your thinking because this is what is the challenge in our world today. We have gone uh, from an economic political idea of globalism and people have resisted that. And I understand that because human beings are tribal. This is part of the work we do with cultures. Human beings are tribal. Mm -hmm. You have as a, as a leader, when we come in and we work with your company, we want to help you to build your tribe because that's your culture. And understanding that you've got to take everything from the outside and bring it in to get the best of the best in order to build that. That means you have to be aware of what is going on beyond your culture, whether that's as a nation or as a company. So what I'm saying to you here is that we have become, we are by our nature tribal. The difference is that those who have decided to think in a bigger way understand that their tribe is a planet that their tribe mm -hmm. is global and maybe even universal. However, the more that what we're seeing in the news, what we're seeing in the media, what we're seeing as you look at the different nations, whether those nations are countries like uh, Hungary, whether those countries are like the United States is, and uh, people will not particularly like this comment, but there is a fading away from democracy and capitalism in the form that we know it. Now, key what is, mm -hmm. key what is that? In the form that what we know it. And what I mean by that is this. Democracy and capitalism is actually quite young. Yes, there was mm -hmm. democracy with the Romans, but it was brief. And then it faded away. And then it came back. But it's actually very young in the time frame of human beings. So when you look at all the systems that have failed, there is a common thread to why they failed. And that is greed. If we are driven yeah. by greed, we will destroy the system because it becomes my personal tribe, as in those that I am tied to. So my mom, my dad, my siblings, my husband, my wife, my kids, whatever it might be. And we start to dehumanize everybody outside of the tribe. This is the problem we're seeing in the world today, is the dehumanization of others and the taking care of our own tribe. As you know, Candice, uh, I spoke in Iran a couple of years ago and I came back and I wrote a piece that went viral it was called 12 myths about Iran everybody should know and it was I wrote it because I'd spent time in Iran and met these wonderful beautiful kind generous loving people and I wanted people here in North America and in Europe to grasp that these people are just like you they have families that they want to feed they have homes they want to take care of they have jobs that they go to work in they are every bit just like you yes there are a few extremists in there but there are plenty of extremists in north america or in canada or in the us or uk or australia or whatever else you want to think of so we have got to think in a bigger way we've got to stop doing us and them we have to look mm -hmm. at how we can embrace because here's the thing and again i talked about it in fiercely loyal one of the great shifts in business today is that the companies that were doing super well are collaborative companies. They've stopped looking at business as competition, but looking at it as collaboration. Who can I collaborate with in order to serve my customer, my client, better? Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thinking we need at a political level too. 
who can, who can I collaborate with to make things better? And not talking about giving away everything. We're not talking about that at all, but we're talking about understanding how can we work together to make it better for those that we serve. That's what servant leadership is. That's what caring is. That's what purpose is. That's what true leadership is. Love it. I absolutely love it. And my last question for you, Dove, if you had to choose just one word that is your favorite, what would it be? That is a very difficult question for somebody who really enjoys words. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, I'm I'm definitely pulled towards integrity, um, but I would have to say that my favorite word is purpose because it has such enormous, enormous depth mm-hmm. um, that incorporates so many other words like love, but not love in the romantic sense, in a much greater global, spiritual, um, cosmic sense. So purpose would be the word. Fabulous. Well, listeners, you've been listening to the Dove Baron Show. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I'm just I'm grateful uh, for this time to listen to what you have to say. And on behalf of the Intelligentsia Agency and the Intelligentsia Report, I want to thank you, Dove, for your contributions to global industry. The work that you do is absolutely invaluable. I do not believe that uh, you can put a price tag on the kind of insight and experience that you have. Until next time, listeners, we are Bianca Brown and Candace Carson at the Intelligentsia Report. We hope you tune in next time. And Dove, I have another quick question just to kind of, well, it's more of a question and a comment. Sure. But when you speak about how important it is, I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say everyone, not just millennials, to be able to find meaning and purpose in their work that aligns with what we were discussing earlier about the divine aspect of yourself and Mm. being able to feel comfortable in what you're doing and making a difference. When you talk about that, and this is segueing into the question, what is it in you, if you know, and if you're willing to share this with the audience that has allowed you to tap into what could be called the divine aspect of yourself to become as successful and optimized as you have? And are you actually able to acknowledge or agree that you are a version of a human being that is optimized? Like, do you walk your talk, so to speak? Uh, so which, which one of those six questions would you let me answer first? <laughs> Take the floor. Take the floor. <laughs> okay, thank you. So first of all, I don't believe I'm optimized because I don't think there's any such thing. I think mm. that the moment you think you're there, you're dead in the water. So uh-huh. I'm growing, I'm changing, I'm developing, and that is a constant process. It's something I work on every single day. I am not perfect. I'm far from it. Um, it's one of the things that I speak a lot about from the platform. I spoke a lot about it in the book you just mentioned, Fiercely Loyal, is if you want to be a great leader, one of the first things you'll need to do is embrace vulnerability. The thing we were trained away from is actually your most powerful thing as a leader. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I deal with struggles just like anybody and everybody else. 
my commitment is to live my life on purpose. And what that means is that that is a great time discipline. It's, it's, it's the willingness to say this is that important to me. And it's more important than the anxiety that I'm feeling in any given moment. And yes, I deal with anxiety. Yes, I've battled with depression. I am a human being. I've gone through all those things. So it's when I, by knowing my purpose, it's what keeps me going. It's, that is the driving force. It's understanding that and tapping back into that when it feels too difficult, when it feels too hard. So here's the thing, and I want everybody to grasp this. Number one, you got to know your purpose, and you can't do that on your own. Please understand this. I, I know you'd like to think you can do it on your own, and you know, maybe you want to be the lone ranger, and you want to be the lone re leader, but that's dead in the water. That's old school. It doesn't work. It never did work. Uh, the self-made man, the self-made woman is absolutely full mm -hmm. of rose, rose uh, fertilizer. You know what that is. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's just nonsense. It's not true. Every one of us needs support. We need a team. We need a board of advisors. We need great mentors, great coaches. I work with the best of the best. And the reason they work with me is because they understand to be the best of the best. They have to keep growing. So that's number mm -hmm. one. Number two is in, in that process, you have to develop self-knowledge. Self-knowledge is, oh, well, I know I'm an ass, so I guess I have self-knowledge. No, self-knowledge is I see my strengths, I see my weaknesses, I want mm -hmm. to polish my strengths and make them more powerful in the world, but I'm willing to look at my own shadow, I'm willing to look into that dark cave of who, who I'm afraid to look at and embrace that so that I can become magnificent and I can see my own shadow self. And everybody has one. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is all light. We're all, we all are our own shadows. So that's the next thing. That leads you to the third level of, of development. And the third level of development is this, that leadership is influenced by relationship. You must become a master of relationships. What does that mean? That also means you must become a master of conflict. And most of us are terrified of conflict and we run away from it. By embracing conflict now, I'm not talking about punching people in the head. I'm talking about healthy conflict. By learning how to have healthy conflict with people, you grow and develop and you create a great bond with the people you're around. So you build your relationships. You've got to know how to build those relationships because leadership is, is relationship and, and that is what creates the impact. You've got to know your purpose. You've got to be committed to that purpose and you've got to have ongoing self-knowledge. I've got clients I've worked with for 10 years and one was in my office the other day and he said, oh my, I can't believe I didn't know this. Why didn't you tell me this? We've worked together for almost 10 years. And I said, because you can only receive what you receive when you're ready to receive it. My job is to make sure that you're constantly ready to receive it because the law of physics and the law of psychology that matches is this. You travel at the speed of resistance whether that's on your internal journey or your external journey. I'm taking notes. That's excellent. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Dev, I have one last question since I know we're getting close to the end of our time, but what song or quote or philosophy inspires you on a day to day? I know we kind of touched on this a little bit. Translated into English is the impossible dream to dream the impossible dream to fight the impossible fo uh, the unfightable foe uh, the unbeatable foe it's a magnificent song and the lyric is superb 
Um, philosophy for me is it's the depth of my being. So there are many philosophies. There is now, you know, my philosophy, which has come out of as an evolution of all of the others that I've been part of. Um, but at the simplest level, I would put it down to uh, the philosophy of the heroic journey that every one of us is on a heroic journey. And on that journey, we can sit down, we can stall, we can stop, or we can travel that journey. And when you're on that heroic journey, you must battle your own demons. You must face the dragons in order to embrace your magnificence, in order to bring your gifts to the world. If you enter into the heroic journey and you stop, you never get to bring the world what it needs. If you give up, you never get to bring the world what it needs. My question that comes out of that philosophy is this, what, what wrong are you here to right? You were born mm. to make something right to fix something, to make it better in the world. Ask yourself mm. that question and you'll begin to have an understanding of your purpose. So that's the philosophy that drives me every single day. That is so powerful. Oh my goodness. So powerful. Um, if, if I can squeeze in one, can I squeeze in one more question? Can, certainly for me, you can. <laughs> okay. I would like to get your opinion on the state of the nation, the United States, even though you're not a citizen, and the state of the world at large. Oh, the can of worms has opened. <laughs> 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 what I will tell you is this, um, as you know, um, because you and I have had some conversations about this, Candice, I am very politically aware and have been since I was a little boy, and that's been part of my drivers. Um, because I want to make a better world. Um, I will tell you first on, at a sort of high level that people need to be paying attention and get outside of their bubble. I'm not talking about the, the right bubble or the left bubble. I'm talking about the personal bubble. Facebook, which most of us spend way too much time on, including me, um, mm -hmm. and those mm -hmm. kinds of social media things feed you what it is you believe. And if you live in a world where the only thing you're fed is what you believe, you do not grow, you do not participate, you do not really know how to have an intelligent conversation. So if you mm -hmm. are Republican and all you watch is Republican TV, if you're a liberal and all you watch is liberal TV, you're dead in the water. If you're a Christian and you've never been to a mosque or, 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 mm -hmm. um, a synagogue or, or, or a gudwara or where in those places, then you're lost. Expand mm -hmm. yourself, expand your thinking, because this is what is the challenge in our world today. We have gone uh, from an economic political idea of globalism and people have resisted that. And I understand that because human beings are tribal. This is part of the work we do with cultures. Human beings are tribal. Mm -hmm. You have, as, a, as a leader, when we come in and we work with your company, we want to help you to build your tribe because that's your culture. And understanding that you've got to take everything from the outside and bring it in to get the best of the best in order to build that. That means you have to be aware of what is going on beyond your culture, whether that's as a nation or as a company. So what I'm saying to you here is that we have become, we are by our nature tribal. The difference is that those who have decided to think in a bigger way understand that their tribe is a planet, that their tribe mm -hmm. is global and maybe even universal. 
However, the more the, what we're seeing in the news, what we're seeing in the media, what we're seeing as you look at the different nations, whether those nations are countries like uh, Hungary, whether those countries are like the United States, is, and people will not particularly like this comment, but there is a fading away from democracy and capitalism in the form that we know it. Now, key what I, key mm -hmm. what I said, in the form that what we know it. And what I mean by that is this. Democracy and capitalism is actually quite young. Yes, there was mm -hmm. democracy with the Romans, but it was brief. And then it faded away. And then it came back. But it's actually very young in the time frame of human beings. So when you look at all the systems that have failed, there is a common thread to why they failed. And that is greed. If we are driven yeah. by greed, we will destroy the system because it becomes my personal tribe, as in those that I am tied to. So my mom, my dad, my siblings, my husband, my wife, my kids, whatever it might be. And we start to dehumanize everybody outside of the tribe. This is the problem we're seeing in the world today, is the dehumanization of others and the taking care of our own tribe. As you know, Candice, uh, I spoke in Iran a couple of years ago, and I came back and I wrote a piece that went viral. It was called 12 Myths About Iran Everybody Should Know. And it was, I wrote it because I'd spent time in Iran and met these wonderful, beautiful, kind, generous, loving people. And I wanted people here in North America and in Europe to grasp that these people are just like you. They have families that they want to feed. They have homes they want to take care of. They have jobs that they go to work in. They are every bit just like you. Yes, there are a few extremists in there, but there are plenty of extremists in North America or in Canada or in the US or UK or Australia or whatever else you want to think of. So we have got to think in a bigger way. We've got to stop doing us and them. We have to look mm. at how we can embrace. Because here's the thing, and again, I talked about it in Fiercely Loyal. One of the great shifts in business today is that the companies that were doing super well are collaborative companies. They've stopped looking at business as competition, but looking at it as collaboration. Who can I collaborate with in order to serve my customer, my client, better? Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thinking we need at a political level, too. Who can, who can I collaborate with to make things better? And not talking about giving away everything. We're not talking about that at all. But we're talking about understanding how can we work together to make it better for those that we serve. That's what servant leadership is. That's what caring is. That's what purpose is. That's what true leadership is. Love it. I absolutely love it. And my last question for you, Dove, if you had to choose just one word that is your favorite, what would it be? That is a very difficult question for somebody who really enjoys words. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely pulled towards integrity, um, but I would have to say that my favorite word is purpose because it has such enormous enormous depth mm -hmm. um, that incorporates so many other words like love but not love in the romantic sense in a much greater global spiritual um, cosmic sense so purpose would be the word fabulous
Well, listeners, you've been listening to the Dove Baron Show. (laughs) 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 No, I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I'm just, I'm grateful uh, for this time to listen to what you have to say. And on behalf of the Intelligentsia Agency and the Intelligentsia Report, I want to thank you, Dove, for your contributions to global industry. The work that you do is absolutely invaluable. I do not believe that uh, you can put a price tag on the kind of insight and experience that you have. Until next time, listeners, we are Bianca Brown and Candace Carson at the Intelligentsia Report. We hope you tune in next time.